Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 114. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hey, my friend, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) This is so funny. I literally was just recording the entrance to this podcast and I couldn't remember what I say. It's like I've said it so many times that I couldn't remember what I said. (laughs) I had to go back and listen to another one. I'm like, oh, right. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) We have to delight in ourselves, right? We have to find humor and joy in our silliness. Okay, so let's get started on our topic today, I want to talk to you about discomfort and uncertainty. I was recently at a business workshop, two-day business workshop put on by the Life Coach School in Dallas. Many of you who've been listening for a while know that the Life Coach School is where I did my Life Coach training. Brooke Castillo, who is the founder and owner of the school, was the one who was putting on this business workshop. And so I went there as a participant and it was amazing. There was a room full of hundreds of coaches, many of them pretty new, all looking to build their businesses and take their businesses to the next level. And in building their businesses, what they want to do is they want to help so many more people. That's what I love about this community is that in having success, what that means is that we're just helping more and more and more people, which is amazing. And of course, connects me right back to why I became a physician in the first place. What was interesting, though, as the two days unfolded, was seeing how so many of these new coaches were really stuck in confusion and indecision and doubt. 
Now, many of you who have been listening for a while know that emotions like those are what I call indulgent emotions, meaning they don't move you forward. If you're confused, you can't make a decision. If you're indecisive, you think you need more information, then you don't have to make a decision. If you're in doubt, you don't have to make a decision and move forward, right? So they're very indulgent. And many of them were just having these thought loops about who they should specialize in serving. And this is something that's important so that the work that you do really impacts specifically the people you're trying to help. And by a thought loop, what I mean is that they would just be coached and then ask the same question again and again. Some of them have been asking these questions on coaching calls for months. Some of them even last year were still asking these same questions and they're allowing themselves to stay stuck and just loop around, loop around thinking that they need to figure something out or that there's a right answer somewhere in there and they stay stuck there. And even though it feels uncomfortable to be stuck there, it still overall keeps them safe. That way they don't have to make a decision and move forward. If they choose something that means actually moving forward and that can feel really scary. Often this is not something that's top of mind. Like they're not like, hey, I'm really just really scared of making a decision. (laughs) Instead, they just think that someone has the answer. There's just more information that's out there and someone has the answer that's going to make all the difference for them. And so I watched this going on for the two days. And as it was happening, it occurred to me that I could really just sum all of this up (laughs) in one statement for them. And at the very end, I was on a QA and a panel and I shared this one statement with all the attendees and it really made a huge impact on them. And I decided that I wanted to share it with you because it relates just as well to weight loss or really any kind of goal that you have in your life. And this is what it is. Your success is directly proportional to the amount of discomfort and uncertainty you're willing to experience. So let me repeat that. Your success is directly proportional to the amount of discomfort and uncertainty that you're willing to experience. Now, many of you know that Brooke Castillo, owner of the Life Coach School, is my coach. She taught me to be a coach. And she often says that discomfort is the currency of your dreams. And I agree, but I don't think we spend enough time on uncertainty, right? It's the amount of discomfort and uncertainty you're willing to experience. Uncertainty is what brings variety to our lives. It's what makes the journey interesting. So think about traveling. Think about taking a trip and think about what it would be like if you knew every single thing that was going to happen the entire trip beforehand. You just knew exactly what food was going to be available and what you were going to eat. You knew exactly what the weather was going to be like. You knew exactly where you were going to go, what you were going to do. It's pretty boring, right? To think of doing a trip like that. In fact, trips don't happen like that (laughs) ever. And it's really the uncertainty in traveling that makes it so interesting. So something related to travel and uncertainty just recently happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was traveling with my husband, Matt, to Whistler, British Columbia, and we had to fly from Milwaukee, where I live, to Vancouver, BC. And so we were flying out in the evening, and our connecting flight was through Minneapolis, Minnesota, because there's no direct flights from Milwaukee to Vancouver. So 
we were getting ready to go on this flight. And then the texts started rolling in from the airline that our flight from Milwaukee to Minneapolis was a little bit delayed. But then we got the text that the Minneapolis to Vancouver flight was also delayed. And this kept going, going, going. There was kind of not so great weather by us. But apparently in Minneapolis, they were having a lot of problems. So that meant that they were having trouble getting flights in and getting flights out. So I wasn't worried. I was thinking, well, this is all going to work out because both flights will be equally delayed and we'll be completely fine. So I wasn't worried. We get to the airport in Milwaukee and we check in and the agent there says, oh, well, we're going to have to see if you're going to make this connection. And being the positive thinker that I try to be, I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's totally going to be fine. It's all going to work out. We'll be fine. She said, you know, I think we should probably just book a little bit of a rerouting trip for you just in case. I was like, okay, that's fine. No problem. So we go on our way, we go through security, we get on our flight, and we're sitting in the plane for longer than expected. It takes a while before our plane takes off. Meanwhile, the flight leaving from Minneapolis is not delayed more. So our connection time was narrowing and narrowing. And once we landed, we had about 14 minutes before that flight was supposed to be taking off. So this was really tight. We were hoping, fingers crossed, that it was going to be okay. So we get off the plane and we start running. But Minneapolis Airport is enormous, ridiculously huge. And there's not a very much of like a tram system or train or anything to get you around more quickly. So we didn't know how far we were going. So we start running Then we're like, okay, I'm like really winded now. Let's do the hospital walk. You know what I mean, right? Walking super fast, almost running, but not quite. And I mean, my lungs were starting to burn. I was like, geez, I need to do some cardio, more cardio than I'm doing right now. (laughs) So I can sprint through airports. Anyway, we find the gate and the door has been shut. The plane is still there, but the door to the jetway is shut. So banging on the door. Someone looks out. I make the prayer hand sign. Please, please let us in. Please let us in. She shakes her head. No, there's nothing we could do. They apparently have some sort of law, dumb laws, (laughs) some sort of law that when the door is shut, then they can't open it. Now, I do have to say that I know that these rules are made to be broken because one time when I was flying home from college to interview for medical school, I got caught in a huge rainstorm on the way to the airport and was really late. And I was running through the airport in Baltimore and I got there, they had shut the door and they opened it for me to let me through. So I knew there was a possibility and I was still hoping, oh, they're going to let us through. They're going to let us through. Nope, they didn't. So they came out and they said, yep, you're going to have to be rerouted. So they rerouted us, not through Vancouver the next morning because that flight was already full. They rerouted us through, you ready? Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, (laughs) of all places. If anyone's listening from Saskatoon, then props to you, my friend. High five. We were like, Saskatoon. Okay. They said, yeah, we can fly you out to Saskatoon tonight. And then in the morning, you can get a flight from Saskatoon into Vancouver. We really had no other options because we had our shuttle to take us the two and a half hour drive from Vancouver up to Whistler. So we thought, okay, I guess we'll take it. We'll just do it. Cause we had planned on staying overnight in Vancouver in a hotel and then taking up 
the shuttle the next day. So we thought, okay, I guess that's what we'll do. So we got on the flight to Saskatoon and got there about 2.30 in the morning, got off. Nobody knew if our bags would be there. So we had to wait until all the bags came. Our bags were not there. (laughs) So then we had to file a report that the bags were lost and go through customs. And they had told us that they would put us up in a hotel. But at this point, we would have only had maybe two to three hours. We thought, okay, this isn't even worth it. Although I would have probably done it. Matt thought, no, it's not worth it. So we went back through security because now we were in foreign country, had to go back through security. And then we found some benches to try to lay down on four in the morning. (laughs) See if we could sleep a little bit. I have to tell you, Saskatoon has a nice airport. I've been in a lot of American airports that were much less nice than this airport. We tried to sleep, maybe snoozed for maybe an hour. I don't know. It wasn't very much. But we got through that. We got on the plane to Vancouver and I got seated next to a a little toddler boy who kicked me constantly, but I still managed to sleep a little bit. (laughs) And we got to Vancouver. We get to Vancouver. They had put us actually on a different airline to get to Vancouver from Saskatoon. So they were telling us that they were going to have to find the bags and get them to us. So we spent a bunch of time getting that all sorted. And then we were waiting for our shuttle. We had a number of hours then before the shuttle. And someone suggested that we look on the Delta Airlines app that it would tell us where our bags were. And it turned out that our bags were on a plane from Seattle to Vancouver. It felt like hitting the jackpot, right? We're like, what? We know where they are. They're not lost for good. This is amazing. So we ended up waiting in the airport until the bags came. And it was so fun on this app to see that they were like checked in and that they were waiting Of course, the people in the back there made us wait a while. And the gal's like, call me back in 30 minutes. Okay. Because you can't go back to the baggage claim because it's customs, right? (laughs) So you can't get through there. Then we call again. Okay. Call me back in 20 minutes. Okay. So finally, we got our bags and it all worked out, right? We ended up getting the shuttle on time. We ended up with our bags. Like everything was great, but it was definitely a journey. There was a lot of uncertainty there right? And that uncertainty was uncomfortable when we were going through it, but it was all part of the journey. And now it's a great story, right? It's like we've been to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. It's amazing. I was thinking too, though, that there's a lot of uncertainty in our treatment plans as doctors, right? We think we don't like this uncertainty, but when you really think about it, every single time we make a decision on what to do with a patient It is just a very, 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 very highly educated guess. It's not certain. It's never certain what the result will be. We have a really, really, really good hunch, but there's always a chance that someone will have an allergic reaction or a resistant bacteria or something entirely different that we didn't see coming or something else. It just doesn't work for whatever reason. And so we think that we have all this certainty. We like to think that we have all this certainty, but there's so much uncertainty. Like we still don't know what puts a woman into labor. Totally uncertain about that, right? There's so many things in medicine that we have a lot of uncertainty of. And when we just accept that and go, okay, yeah, I don't really know, but this is my best guess. And I'm going to follow along and I'm going to make some adjustments and change course as needed to get the result that I'm looking for, for the patient. So there's areas in our lives where we're totally accepting of the uncertainty, for sure. 
What's interesting though, is I find that there's plenty of people who don't sign up for my weight loss for doctors only coaching group because they want certainty first. They want certainty that they can lose the weight and keep it off forever. They want certainty that the program is exactly what they need. They want certainty that they can actually do this, that they can follow whatever eating plan they create. They want certainty outside of them, right? So they're thinking that the certainty comes from outside themselves, that someone else or something else determines the certainty of them having success. And that uncertainty ends up paralyzing them from taking meaningful action toward their goal of losing weight. So what they don't realize is that the only thing you can really be certain of is yourself. You are your one and only true constant. The uncertainty is part of the process. If you're feeling uncertain, you are doing it right. I promise you. So when you're expecting certainty in the process, you're coming from a place of rigidity and inflexibility and honestly, kind of some entitlement, right? Like we thought it was supposed to go a certain way. So then when it doesn't go that way, then we get to be upset or disappointed or frustrated or feel sorry for ourselves. And then some of us go then and eat all the things in response to that. Sound familiar? That's called yo-yo dieting. (laughs) But we all have a need to some degree for some certainty. I have a fair amount of certainty that my car will start the next time I want to go somewhere, especially after the polar vortex and it was minus 25 outside and my car started on the first try. I was really impressed. (laughs) This is why I like having a newer car just for this reason. If I drove a 30-year-old car, I'd have a lot more uncertainty about how reliable it would be. I'm quite certain that my furnace and hot water heater are going to work. I'm pretty certain that my roof isn't going to leak, but I can't be 100% certain, right? There's still some uncertainty there. But what I can be fully certain of, though, is my ability to solve a problem when it comes up. I'm certain that I'm a smart person who can figure things out. And if I can't figure something out, I'm certain that I can find someone else who can help me figure it out. I'm certain that I can provide value. So I never have to worry about having enough money. If all my money and means for making money went away, I'm certain that I would find a way to provide value and make all the money that I need. I'm certain in my ability to be aware of my thinking and feelings. I'm certain in my ability to think abundantly. I'm certain in my ability to believe thoughts that create the life that I want. I'm certain in my work ethic and my ability to get things done when they need to get done. I'm certain in my ability to read and learn and also my ability to think and create. I'm certain in my ability to take care of myself and my needs, no matter where I am in the world, no matter who's around me. So when you're looking for certainty before you decide to do something, you're likely going to live a small life, right? Growth and evolution as a person will require you to live in uncertainty. And when your brain is wanting that certainty, instead of looking outside of yourself for it, focus on yourself. What do you know for sure about yourself? What are you certain of about yourself? All right, have a wonderful week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? 
go to katrinaubelmd.com and click on free resources.